Before I say anything, before I start what I was going to say, I was just reminded again, hearing the scripture, I mean, it it preaches itself. When I read it for the first time to prepare, it just undid me. Um, It it convicted me and convinced me of sin and its impact in my own life, how it keeps uh, a block between me and God and between me and other people. And it's my hope that uh, God will help us to hear that word this morning. Sin gets in the way. And we lose our way. Thank God, God provides a way. That in a sentence is what the sermon is about, what this text is about, what Advent is about. Sin gets in the way and we lose our way, but God shows us the way. In this month leading up to Christmas, we will remember again and again that humanity is lost, particularly lost without God. But even with the news, we wander, we grope about like those who can't see, as the scripture said. And we're going to be invited again and again to this hope that we have in Jesus Christ. So I want to start with verses 1 and 2. Sin gets in the way. Let me read it again. Behold, the Lord's hand is not so short that it cannot save, nor is his ear so dull that it cannot hear. But, but your iniquities, your sin, have made a separation between you and your God. Is there any doubt that we all have sin? Sometimes I I hear people say, well, well, he's, he's a good person, she's a good person or we in our heads think well I'm, I'm I do better than they do they really they really fall short right we rank ourselves but scripture says all have sinned we all have sinned I have sinned you have sinned. we all fall short of the glory of God and it's it's to such a degree that there's no relative I'm doing a little better than Eric or a little worse than Reverend Moses we all have sinned and falling short of the glory of God. In fact, that's one of, the, one of the truths of Scripture that I have the least struggle believing. Here's why. I mean, think about the Ten Commandments. We lie. We steal. We covet. We break the Sabbath. At times we don't honor our parents. It's not even getting into the first commandment. We put things before God. I mean, if if you just deal with those, we all have fallen short at some point. But Jesus went even further in his Sermon on the Mount. He said, look, it's not just keeping those on the outside. If you in your heart have anger, have hate towards another person, if you in your heart have lusted towards another person or coveted or wanted what your neighbor has, you have broken The commandments, you have sinned. And those are just the things that we do. Jesus also said it matters what you don't do. He told parables like the parable of the the Good Samaritan where the two religious folks saw a man in need, desperate need, and they walked by on the other side of the road. Their sin was what they didn't do. They failed to show compassion. They failed to help a neighbor in need. He told the parable of the sheep and the goats about when... Uh, 
a person was hungry or naked or afraid or in prison. And he said, if you haven't cared for, shown compassion to those in need, you haven't to me. You have sinned against me. So as I think about the things I do and, and, and commit the sins and the things I fail to do, I fall way short. And that's all individual sin. All right? We also uh, commit corporate sin, societal sin. We're part of uh, group sin. I think of things like racism, of greed, of, of societal idolatry. There, there are just a long list of things that I participate in, sometimes willingly, sometimes ignorantly. But as I read scripture, I am head to, head to toe covered in sin. What is the consequence of that? Well, I grew up going to Sunday school. I know some of you did, some of you didn't. What I was taught from a young age was that the consequence of sin, anybody want to say it, is death. But somewhere along the way, I learned that's all that it is, right? In, in eternity, if I don't get right with God, spiritual death, I'm separated from God. But I miss the lesson somewhere along the line that it impacts my life day to day, that I commit sin, that I fail to do the thing I should do, that I'm part of societal, cultural sins. Isaiah, and this is where it just, you know, two by four, right between the eyes, Isaiah said, your sins get between you and God in the here and now, day to day, and they get between each other. So in verse, verses 9 through 14, I'm not going to read all this, but he lists out just a whole bunch of ways that we get lost because we continue to sin. I'm not at all saying that Jesus dying on the cross doesn't once and for all make us right with God for eternity. That is true. That is true. But Isaiah says, God says through Isaiah, it also affects every day of your life, whether you continue in sin. It gets in the way. So here's just some of the things he said. He says, because of our sin, the things we do, the things we fail to do, the things we hold in our heart, the things we do collectively, justice is far from us. Justice is something we want, right? If, do we realize that our own sin can be the thing that holds it at bay? Right? Righteousness, that is the right thing, the right that God wants, doing the right thing. It doesn't catch up with us. It doesn't describe us because my sin gets in the way. Your sin, our sin gets in the way. I mean, these verses, verse 11, I, I, it spoke to me. We growl like bears. We moan like doves. I mean, think of the, the, the range of emotions we have over life today. The injustice and the sadness and the hurt and the separation and whether it makes you angry so that you growl like a bear or you just kind of whimper like a dove, Isaiah says it's because of our sin, because we haven't confessed, we haven't repented, we haven't turned from our iniquity into the way that God would have us go. He even says a couple times in this passage, we hope, like verse 9, we hope for light, but behold, we get darkness. Thought about that. I believe, I believe in, in hope, in light, in God's salvation, and yet I recognize day to day, just watch the news. Just watch somebody light your church on fire. 
We live in darkness. It, it, the evil keeps coming, keeps coming. Where is the, the hope that we light the candle for? I think what Isaiah was describing was we, we, we give lip service to, oh yeah, God's out there somewhere. We have hope one day, but we don't reckon with what we need to do today to experience that hope. Right? Our sin has us, remember where it started? Our sin has us blinded to God's presence. What God is doing has us deafened to God's words to us. It gets in the way. Um, justice is turned back. I pray for justice. I have heard, I'm, I'm weighing, do I, do I, believe, I do believe it. Have I, have I done what's necessary in my life? I believe my own sin keeps me from being a part of justice. Am I willing to turn from that, change my behavior, my thoughts, my words? And then this last, this last bit, I mean, if there was a verse to describe the last five years, 20 years, 100 years in our, in our country, truth has strumbled, stumbled in the street. I mean, is there anywhere you go for news or information or hope where you don't wonder, is this really true? Can I trust anybody that's talking to me? Isaiah says, truth has fallen down in the street. Why? Back to where he started, because our sin gets in the way. My sin doesn't just matter, am I going to get into heaven one day? It matters today. It matters tomorrow in terms of hearing God, seeing God, experiencing, pursuing justice, what's right, relationships with one another. In verses 20 and 21, God, through Isaiah, gives us hope. Not the kind of hope that we give lip service to. Oh yeah, we'll light a candle. Maybe tomorrow won't be as dark as today. But God tells us where we really find. Our, he shows us our true hope. He says a couple of things. A redeemer will come to Zion. And those who turn from transgression will know that, that redeemer. He goes on to say, lists several things. This is my covenant, says the Lord. My promise. God's name is put on the line. This is my promise to you. My spirit will be upon you. My words I will put in your mouth and they will not depart from you or your children or your children's children. God promises a redeemer and his spirit and his word. That's the way. That's how we know when we sin, how we've sinned, how to turn away from the sin, which way to go. God gives us a redeemer his word, and his spirit. So when you look at Acts, this is the day of Pentecost, right? Peter is up preaching. Jesus has ascended into heaven. The Holy Spirit has landed upon the disciples. Peter is proclaiming the kingdom is here, right? This is the day of the Lord. And what does he say to them? Repent, turn from your sin so that you can hear the Lord, so that you can see what the Lord is doing. And he, he talks about Jesus Christ as the Messiah, the Redeemer, the Savior, he talks about the gift of the Holy Spirit and the, the promise, the words of God for us and our children and our children's cho children and for those who are far off. God throws his arms open wide. It's not just for Israel, not just for those 12 disciples. But he says, all who are weary, come to me and hear the good news. What I'm underscoring there is that Peter matches up with what Isaiah says, which is our sin gets in the way. 
We don't just leave it untouched, have our ticket to heaven because we believed in Jesus, but he says, turn from that, repent from that sin because that is how we live in the way that God has for us. Remember, if you've been at Good Shepherd for the last, I don't know, eight or ten weeks, we have been in the Gospel of Mark looking at Jesus' life and ministry and what he talks about and does and shows us again and again is the kingdom of God is here. He teaches, he does miracles, uh, he goes out and meets people and invites them into that kingdom. And the, the qualities of the kingdom are compassion and justice and healing and hope and forgiveness. And Jesus just announces that and extends that again and again. And that's the, the way that he invites us into, right? Our, our Christianity is not just a, a ticket in our back pocket. One day we'll be with God forever, it is citizenship belonging in the kingdom of heaven. Over any nation of this earth, it is belonging to the kingdom of heaven and living in the way of that. So how should we live? What should we do? We all have different sins. We all have different iniquity. But, but what this word tells me is we all have it. And if we want to see God at work and be part of what God's doing in this world, if we want to see justice in our lifetime, if we want to live righteously in the right way, if we want to be a vehicle of God's compassion in other people's lives, of healing and wholeness in other people's lives and our own, we repent from our sin. Whether that's one of the Ten Commandments that you've broken or one of the, uh, the, the invitations to, to be a good neighbor, to show Compassion, love, kindness, and we failed to do it. We've walked by on the other side of the street. Whether we're caught up in our cultural sins, whether that be racism or greed or idolatry, or you fill in the blank. Isaiah, Peter, the Lord says, repent. Lay that down. Turn from going this way and follow after Jesus. That's not just a an intellectual exercise. Right? I mean, it's a real path to follow after Jesus. That's why we look at what did Jesus do? What did Jesus do? He hung out with those who were far away and invited them near. He healed those who were sick, those who were hurt. He forgave those who had sinned and told them sin no more. He showed compassion and justice to the, the lepers, the outcasts. He not only healed them, but he welcomed them into the community. He said, this is being a citizen of the kingdom of God. Follow me. Be a part of what I'm doing. If it's easier to remember, because it's just one verse, the prophet Micah said it all very compactly. Do justice. Love mercy. Walk humbly. Walk means live day by day humbly with our Lord. Do you ever think to yourself, what does God want from me? Isaiah says, clean, clean your ears out. Your sin is getting in the way. Pull the blindfolds from your eyes. Your sin is getting in the way. Repent and turn to Jesus. You know, growing up, and, and even once I've come here, I've had people say to me, I, you know, I don't like the kind of preaching that talks about sin and says, you know, turn or burn. Talks hellfire and damnation. This is a sermon about sin, but it's not a threat. It's an invitation. It's like your sin is in the way. Right? Repent of it so that you can follow Jesus and be uh, alive and well in God's kingdom. It's, it's winsome. It's, it's come after me. It's the way Jesus talked to people. And it's what Jesus invites us to. So the invitation is take a good hard look at your sin. Turn away from it. Um, 
And I, I, didn't, I didn't tease this out the way I meant to, but it's not just between us and God, it's between us and each other. Right? If I have, if I have secret sins, private sins, they, they affect my relationship with my brother, with my wife, with my children, with my coworkers. Right? Our sin gets in the way in every way you can imagine. And the remedy is to turn to God. You know, God's not waiting to say, oh, you, you finally said it out loud. Well, squish. No, it's, I rejoice that the, the scales have fallen from your eyes and the wax from your ears. Come be a part of what I'm, I'm doing. That's the good word of God for us and what he invites us into. Well, may God give us ears to hear, hearts to follow, and faith to believe. Amen.